bum. And I just kind of stuck that on the beginning, almost as an afterthought. I sent it to Sony and Corey, and they love it. And especially the beginning. They're like, the three notes in the beginning. And I was like, what three? Oh, that thing? It is just the first three notes of the tune, just kind of on a loop. So it just feels very stern. The way that like a stern father would say to his son over and over and over again, the same thing. I think there's an element of that in the Kratos theme. The fact that I could distill down to those three notes, it meant that if he walks into a scene or he takes the upper hand, if he does anything, He's here. He's taking command, you know? Even at E3, when he steps out of the shadows. I am hungry. It's like Pavlovian. You just associate that with him. Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Nerdotaku Gaming Podcast. Um, yeah, this week, we decided to have a bit of a theme. Uh, because this man's over here was... Uh, having some uh, trash fire takes on Twitter talking about which F3 has the best soundtrack and I'm like, nah, son, nah. So, <laughs> so I told him to pick five soundtracks, uh, video games, uh, and I picked five soundtracks and uh, yeah, we're going to talk about video game soundtracks. But on top of that, we're also going to go through uh, what happened in gaming this week. This always stuff happening it seems <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, especially yep. since we're leading up to the consoles so uh yeah uh, you can lead us through what happened this week robin yeah hi everyone what happened this week well firstly i think two hours after we finished recording last week's episode sony released a list of backwards compatible games that won't work on ps5 about 10 li- 10 games or so pretty insignificant like you know i don't think anyone will be hurt by that list no yeah. no one at all <laughs> so they released that list and they you know they gave us a, a tiny bit of insight that you know if you play some games and if a developer decides to add a couple of touches you get so a feature called game boost where you know the game will play better than it did on ps4 we don't have a list of those games, but we only have one example so far. It's uh, Ghost of Tsushima who play at a better frame rate PS5. Whether other games will support this, we'll see which ones over time. There, there was a bit of uncertainty. Some people thought that, you know, Sony won't take backwards combat seriously. And, you know, there, there's a precedent, you know, because, you know, it's not that, it's not as important to them as one would think. So it's nice to see them confirm that, okay, yeah, backwards compact, your your games will still work on PS5, which is, you know, okay, fine, fair enough. I mean, I, I, f- I feel like people were just, I don't know, scared for whatever reason. I, I always had faith. I knew it would work. The architecture was the same. They said it would be backwards compatible. It was just a matter of waiting, in my opinion. I guess, I guess. Uh, it's good to have confirmation though not gonna lie <laughs> yeah it's good to have confirmation it's a it's you know it's not high on my priority list but i can you know for a lot of people that stuff does matter 
It really does, because I um I can't sell my PS3 at all, because uh, it has uh, my a lot of some stuff. of my digital games like uh, and also it's the only way I can play Metal Gear Solid HD oh. collection, and yeah, and MGS4 as well, and those are like some of my favorite games of all time. So I need to have my PS3, and I I like play MGS4 like once every two three years or whatever. Like I I always go back to those games. Uh, my PS4. I, I I was thinking, should I sell it? Can I not? And now I feel like I have the confirmation that, that you I can, can sell it now. Yeah, but although I still need to find out what happens with my digital purchases. No, your you digital know? purchases will carry over. Oh, they will. Yeah. Okay, so I can sell it then. Which kind of you know? I'll sell it and, and buy thirty-eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Depends on how much you can get for a PS4 these days, but yeah. Should be good enough here. I feel like since people are like since the prices on the market here are ridiculous anyway it should be fine kind of i think yeah. i'm thinking of, of you know i i don't know i like to have i'd like to keep one around just you know for the sake of having one but the temptation mm-hmm. is there that hey i can just make a quick cash off of this and buy a couple of games and you know the decisions will have to be made <laughs> <laughs> They will have to be made indeed. <laughs> you know, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, what else happened? The more, you know, backroom stuff uh, on the PlayStation Network. They said one, they are, you know, you know how on your web store, on the phone or on your browser, you're able mm-hmm. to buy PS3, PS Vita, PS4 stuff. Now yes. they are saying you can't buy PS3 and PS Vita stuff on off on your phone or desktop. You can only buy it directly from that console. This must have something to do with what the back compat stuff or like wh- why it's is more that? like they want to uh, decouple uh, PSN from the PS3 and Vita because I think PS3 and Vita PSN is just such a mess that they really want to get rid of it. <laughs> oh, okay. Also because it's like the same like. Um... I guess web page UI thing on yeah. the Vita and PS3. So if they want to revamp it, which uh, they have, <laughs> we'll get to that yeah. later though. Uh, then they have to decouple it. Makes sense. Yeah. In addition, you can't buy PS4 themes and avatars on the web store anymore. So you can only buy them directly from a PS4 console. So it's like going forward, yeah. it should just be PS4 games and DLC and PS5 games. Yeah, although DLC is gonna be like a case by case basis, I think on the PS5 if it's back compact, I'm sure, because uh, that seems like it's a bit of a gray area. It remains to be seen, but you know they sent an email saying that oh, we're going to remove some things which you're able to buy on the on the web store. You okay. know, I think yeah, DLC should be safe, but themes, avatars for PS4, you can only buy on the console. PS3 and Vita stuff you can only buy on the console. Okay, well, that's that's yeah. fair enough. I mean that that's fine. It yeah. would be nice if the Vita stuff worked natively on the PS5. I would really like that. I think that the Vita has the same problem that the Wii U did, where it had very good games, but no one really bought that console. You know how like the Switch is like, oh, it's got amazing games, but they're like all oh, Wii U games. I think yeah. the Vita is this is kind of the same. It's Man, you know, when I look at my Vita, I look at the games that I play on it, it's mostly just 
rhythm games and a couple super robot wars games and then uh, i think that's it like okay you know what maybe maybe, maybe the people who are trying to sell sell us on the beta telling us it's an amazing uh, jrpg and visual novel console maybe i shouldn't have listened to them <laughs> 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 I mean, its library isn't as deep as the Wii U in terms of quality. But yeah, the, the, the Wii U has quality there. That I yeah, that one. I yeah, agree. and uh, that's not yeah. the only back-end change they made. This one's a bit more controversial. There was a PS4 8.0 update they pushed out. So mm-hmm. you know, with the update, first you know, there was a misconception that they're going to be recording your audio and surveilling you. But you know that's not what they're doing. They actually—it's more like if somebody wants to report you, that somebody who's reporting you can submit an uh, recorded audio as evidence. It's not that uh, Sony are surveilling you whenever you're in a party. It's more that whoever you're in a party with can record you and send that as evidence, which is you know, which is amazing. As someone who plays a lot of online games, as a black African man who sounds very black and very African. I can tell you that that's just great. Like people are going to if 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 the and this and now the the devs have got no excuse. If I report someone with audio evidence, right? And uh, it doesn't even it just has to be a 15 second clip and these guys are not banned or punished in some way. Uh, I'll be shocked if toxicity doesn't reduce. I'll be very, very shocked. I'm telling you, especially it's going to help, you know, racial abuse. It's going to help, um, you know, like LGBTQ abuse, uh, yeah. you know, women in gaming, especially. Hopefully now we'll have more women just who are more, I guess, not not afraid to use voice chat anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's going to really, really help and open up a lot of, it's just going to make things a whole lot better. Uh, and and that's not the only thing. Just even the way they've. Well, I, I guess I'm getting into PS5 UI stuff. But yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was. It, a lot of people thought, no, they're infringing our privacy. But you know, it's actually a good change in certain. You know, I guess there's a bit of. Hey, uh, I've never felt the need to report somebody in my parties. So. This feels like it's a bad change. But you know, I can see the advantage for people but that's not the only change there's it, the actual changes made to parties are widely accepted to be a bad thing apart from that voice thing is that now if you want to invite someone to a party you can't just invite anybody you need to enter a group chat or a message a message chat with somebody and then invite them from there which is a massive downgrade to how easy it was before to uh start parties because before you know you could just maybe uh in a random game with someone you can just start a party with a random you can't do that anymore before maybe you didn't want to use game chat the in-game chat and you just wanted to be in a party with yourself because that would block out the in-game chat you can't do that anymore it's just you know it's just so much they've made the party system just so much more convoluted than it was before and then you know coupled with that at the same time the update dropped the friends list was broken so nobody could invite anyone in game so <laughs> com- so it's like all these things combined it's like man this update just sucks there was like conspiracy theories that hey 
they drop an update that breaks functionality on PS5, uh, on PS4 before the PS5 drops. It's like, hey, is that planned obsolescence? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, you know, you're saying that now, I'm like, well, considering what they've done with the PS5, what are they calling it? Party? You, guilds? I don't know what they're calling it, but it seems like it's changing anyway, so why are they doing this? But yeah, I, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. For someone like me, I I, I like I don't like the idea of just inviting randos to my party. I can see why this is a good thing because I can't just get random invites. It now has to be like proper consensual. Uh, but I, I also see now how like let's say if I'm playing Destiny and there is someone who I'm like, oh, this person's cool. Let me just invite them. That can't happen anymore. I see how that's cumbersome. I totally get it. Yeah, so this, uh, you know, this update has not been received well in general. You know, it's made a lot yeah. of people mad. I don't use parties myself, you know, I mostly play single player, multiplayer, mm-hmm. you know, rare occasions, but it's like, it's an update that has not been taken nicely by, by a lot of PS4 players, and it will be interesting to see, you know, I guess the, the audio chat, you know, the audio recording thing, you know, eventually people are going to realize that, no, they're not actually surveilling you, but I think the changes to parties might have to be you know a lot of people want that road back and i think they depending on how much pressure is exerted they might have to budge on that i mean we'll see i i, I don't think they will but we'll see mm-hmm. i i don't think they will yeah that was you know that was that update and you know it came with it a bunch of other you know small stuff like avatar new avatars and whatever then they yeah, avatars course, on playstation <laughs> Yeah, your like you know, Xbox your, avatars. No, like your profile picture. Oh, the profile picture. Okay, I was gonna be like, oh, avatars, cool. Yeah, they got <laughs> a bunch of new profile pictures. I feel like they don't do enough with the avatars on Xbox. I liked what they did with the original 360 avatar stuff. It was really cool. You could give them emotes and stuff, and then they really like pushed back on that later on. Because I, I think it's a cool for example, you know. When I was told create an avatar for your Xbox, whatever, I didn't. I just like I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, a cool picture and then move on. Like making, you know, doing this whole character creator thing. Nah. So you don't even make a, a me for your Nintendo network? No, stuff? of course not. What? You're not a real Nintendo gamer. <laughs> As I said, look, I just want to play games and then you know. And then I'll put a nice little picture. I'll put a picture of Link or whatever, and that's enough for me. <laughs> so you don't even have a me fighter name. Nah. Name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And the lastly, of course, there's the big PlayStation Five UI reveal. You know, there was a lot of. It's like this. To, this past week hasn't been about games for PS Five. It's for PlayStation. It's been like revealing features and stuff so yeah you know, as well as the back-end stuff backwards compatibility there was a, a first look an emergency state of play about the ps5's user experience that was dropped yesterday an 11 minute video and you know it was it was pretty cool i can't describe everything in detail but you know i think there's three things which we can expand on a bit firstly there's uh is the uh, new activities yes so how it works now is you know 
when you press the PlayStation button, you don't go immediately to your home screen. When you do that, you bring up what's called the control center. The control center, you know, has got like your, it's got your quick controls, you know, your music, your sound, uh, battery level indicator, power, whatever. But on top of those, you've got these massive cards. These cards have got activities. Uh, so it's like, oh, for example, in the game they were using to demo it, they were using Sackboy, uh, Big Adventure. It's like, oh, you can quickly press a card and then it instantly loads up that level, the corresponding level to the card. So it's like that's supposed to reduce the time you spend in menus. Instead, you just load up everything straight from the card and can quickly switch levels. And this can also be done from the home screen. So it's like, oh, instead of wasting time in menus and level select, you just quickly zoom in from the UI. Given that these consoles have got SSDs now, this is like even less time spent doing other stuff. It's more time getting into the game. And, you know, I like the idea. It will, of course, be dependent on developer support. Hopefully developers will support this stuff. You know, it would be nice to be like, oh. Yeah, I, I saw a, I saw a dev, I saw, a, I think it was Rami Ishmael, uh, talking about like how it's going to be hectic for indie devs to put like, you know, work with those cards and progression stuff and it's like <laughs> they already found it a bit hectic some of them to do um like trophy stuff yeah so it's gonna be interesting it's kind of made a new position in game dev but it's it seems very handy and something that's good for accessibility i think yeah and that's not all like apart from the activities just in general with the cards on the control center there was some more features which they showed off like you know your in the cards your party chat is easily accessible you can go into games which other people in the party are playing quickly there's a help feature if you mm. expand the card which is like uh, it shows firstly it can show you uh, how much time an estimate of how much time of course, how to do this for certain games will be tricky. For example, let's say you're playing Demon Souls and you're dying over and over at a boss. And, and how is it going to estimate how much time you're going to spend dying? <laughs> <laughs> They'll average it out, I think, based on uh, average playtime, stuff like that. Yeah. I think. And that's not the. And then there's also another feature for PlayStation Plus subscribers where there's a small clip. Maybe if you're stuck at a section, it will show you uh, how to get past that section. You know, they say that, oh, instead of opening it up on YouTube, you can just open it up natively there. Which is, you know, I, I get why they locked that behind PS Plus. You know, it's just a nice little perk. Not to take away value from other people, but to add value to your Plus uh, subscription. Mm. That's the first thing, you know, the control center and activities. The second thing was that they are also revamping parties. You know, I guess some of the stuff they were doing backend for PS4 is to lead into this. Now your parties are, you know, if you get an invite, you don't have to quit out of the game. The small bubble to join the party is much smaller. And now you've also got, uh, you know, like picture-in-picture -picture screen sharing. So it's like, oh, let's say I'm playing Sackboy, you're playing Uncharted The Lost Legacy. If you want, you can share your screen and I can see what you're doing on the side there. Which I think will be really cool if maybe you're playing the same game 
and one of you gets stuck and you want to see how do I get past this then you can just quickly you know someone can just quickly show you how to do that and you know that's the sort of cool thing that you know it looks seamless during the presentation but like it'll obviously be a bit more laggy or whatever but you know mm-hmm. it's a really cool idea I, I like such such ideas in general yeah I, I can also see it being used in like multiplayer games and stuff <laughs> like oh, where are you or you know like say you're playing Fortnite or something and you, your party and you just stick your party members uh, screens on the corner there and you know exactly where they are because you can glance at them it's kind of like doing split screen multiplayer but you're on the same team kind of you know so no more asking like if you know the map in apex or whatever you just look over at his little screen there and you're like oh i know exactly where you are it's a game changer in terms of asking about oh where was that guy where did he hit you from it, it's actually really good <laughs> yeah it's, it's a cool change to the party system you know it, you know i don't know how it worked with our slow internet in zambia but, you know <laughs> It's one of those things we'll I'll have we'll have to get hands on to see more. So that's Indeed. the second change, yeah. Uh, so it was active the control center and activities parties, and this is the new home screen, which is they say it's been designed for four k So the icons are like they're way smaller than on PS4. The you know the icons for individual games. From what we could tell, they didn't show us much, but from what we can tell, there's an icon for PlayStation Now, your gallery, your library, expanding it, remote play, all that stuff is there. And there's still an icon for the PlayStation Store, but unlike before where the PlayStation Store is a separate app, now it's integrated into the system. So so that in general, it just means the PlayStation Store will be way faster to use, which is... Yeah, which is a good thing because like the PlayStation Store is kind of slow. The fact that they finally integrated the PlayStation Store into the PS5 UI is a very good thing. And is a reason why I suspect they're doing all those back-end changes like decoupling the PS3 stuff. Nah, uh, definitely. Uh, like that's absolutely why they're doing that. Um, and, and I wanted to mention that I just didn't want to get into the, <laughs> the thing you use, but that's definitely why they're doing that for sure. Yeah, so it's, you know, it, it was a cool first look. It looks different. It looks nice, you know. Aesthetically, I like the look. In terms of loss of features, I can tell that we have definitely lost themes, which were one of which have always been one of my favorite parts about PS4. I'm guessing maybe they'll introduce them, reintroduce them over time. But you know, I I I, I love having themes on on PS4. Switching themes on multiple accounts, so like on each account, I've got a different theme. When I, you know, it gives me an incentive to pre-order a game. It's like, oh, I get this nice theme, nice background music. And it's not that, you know, you have to go, but it's a price to pay for getting a new UI, new user experience with plenty of changes. Yeah, no, I, I never use themes, so. Not. <laughs> That's something that I, I, I just didn't do. <laughs> you know, th- themes are really cool for me. Like, on my main account, I usually have, like, I... Uh, Right now, I think I have like an FF7 theme. Then on my sub account, I've got a Persona 5 theme. Then on my other sub account, I've got like an FF10 theme. So it's like, it's nice. It's cool. A nice bit of customization. And like, there are times when you just turn on the console and you're not playing. You're just like maybe on your phone, just lying down. And then you hear the background. Just a nice little added touch of customization that I that I always like. 
the PlayStation console, and I hope that the PS5 has. I'm sure they will. If it was that popular, then eventually, I think it's gonna come back. And I think that's you know that's pretty much it in terms of what we got from the UI stuff. It's still a bit which is uncertain. Like we saw how fast the load times are, but we don't know fast the port boot is. We don't know. Uh, there's a feature which said switcher. I don't know what that does. We don't know how, what the create button does. We just know that uh, they say they'll reveal more to us in the coming weeks. And you know, the coming weeks you really have to keep yourself in the news cycle. Every week they have to release some new news. So we'll see how that goes. I think it's I, I saw the UI thing. I thought was very cool. I I, I like the the cards thing, which is kind of like quick resume sort of where you jump into a, a level uh, just like just by clicking on a card I thought that was very cool I I thought that the party stuff was very interesting basically getting Discord's functionality and putting it natively on the PlayStation 5 uh, that's the smart thing to do because you know if everyone's on Discord there's a reason everyone's using Discord uh, instead so, of the inbuilt functionality yeah. yeah so just copy that and make it better if you can so I, I thought it was good. I thought it was very good. Um, it looks clean. Uh, the UI, it, it's it's good. I just for me the main thing I just need to see how the PlayStation Network is gonna. <laughs> it's gonna, yeah. Like how like is it gonna be good? You know, <laughs> like is it gonna at least not be as slow and sluggish as it was? Yeah. You know the the speed of the PSN just basically forces me i i always buy just buy stuff on the mobile on the phone and then i come and start the downloads at home it will may, maybe the we'll, we'll see how the experience is on ps5 maybe it will entice me to buy stuff more on the console itself probably not <laughs> probably not. I, I i don't think it will <laughs> unfortunately yeah and lastly in playstation news we got you know a bit more coverage on Miles Morales Spider-Man. We heard it went gold. We the Game Informer have had some coverage. They showed off some new footage and stuff. Uh, you know, it looks cool. I don't want, I don't usually want to discuss game, you know, game trailers and stuff unless it's something significant. In which case, yes, there's something significant. There is an outfit where you have spider cat <laughs> on your side that is significant that is big it's game changing <laughs> yeah it was pretty cool i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah i like i like how the, the the cat also has its own tiny mask it's those little touches where it's like man you can tell insomniac really put a lot of love and care into how they're handling the spider-man ip <laughs> That's the stuff that actually matters. People notice that stuff. Like that's 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 the memorable stuff, you know. And uh, that's what's gonna make the game. That's the make or break stuff. <laughs> yeah, that really is the make or break stuff. Yeah, you, you can tell that you know when Marvel were pumping out the games with Activision, they said you know the games were okay, sure, but like there's there's a reason that they said okay, give it to uh, Sony who generally put a lot of time and care into some into their big releases and you can tell that okay yeah 
giving it to insomniac they have just there's just so much love and attention which they've put into the which they're putting into the IP absolutely um that game is going to is unless they there's some secret thing that we haven't seen that game is going to do very 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 well like very well critically and commercially it really is a console selling machine and there's lots of thirst for miles in the public people really love that first spider-man game this game has all the tools man to like really sell this console <laughs> yeah it's it's really exciting really exciting Uh, I think that's it for PlayStation news. Uh, on Xbox news, we had a bunch of embargoes lift. Uh, the final embargoes for previews lifted, and you know, people just gave more impressions about the console. Uh, I don't think there's much in the terms of new stuff compared to what we saw in the previous previews. You know, we just got some more gameplay footage, uh, 4K 60 Gears 5, oh, uh, more Yakuza. more people talk about the controllers uh talking about how the console itself feels you know this time it was people giving more of their opinion so it's you know yeah yeah and also yeah. i saw um uh I, i didn't see much coverage of this uh michael hayam was testing uh different external ssds and just mm-hmm. other storage devices and checking uh you know what works what doesn't so you know like it's only certain proprietary ssds that you can load the game directly from uh but even uh, uh moving the game from an ssd to the to the one in the console yeah the times aren't that long it's like four minutes for final fantasy 15 something like two minutes for yakuza so it's not that bad of a wait <clears throat> compared to um uh like how it is right now it's it's actually pretty okay like it's a it's, it's a good console simple to understand as well just make sure you've got your 2.1 usb thingy and yeah it'll work out i feel and i think that was you know that's pretty much it for big gaming news there's some controversial stuff regarding cd project red but i don't want to go into that without um, <laughs> you know i think i'd prefer to have that be a major topic about contra about you know those issues in the industry as a whole as but a whole, it, yeah yeah in general there was some controversial stuff with CD project red which you know if you're following it to give you a, just a small brief you know uh, issues regarding crunch and journalists reporting on the crunch and journalists fighting influencers about reporting on the crunch you know it's it's a <laughs> it's a sensitive topic it is but i'm glad that it's it's coming up so that um hopefully it it stops it from happening i've always said i don't mind you know people used to laugh at blizzard and valve like oh we release the game when it's ready i honestly don't mind if they say this game's coming out next year in november like just that's fine you know like honestly like like the game will even be better for it it really will uh but unfortunately with the way uh business works yeah yeah tied to certain deals and and you know you know publishing deals and all that stuff so they need dates and you have to meet them uh and that's why uh Blizzard would be able to say release the game when it comes out when they were independent 
Valve can say it will release the game when it's ready because they're independent. But when you have uh, City Project Red are independent, but they have a publishing deal with Bandai Namco for consoles, I think, right? Uh, it's, I think it's Warner Bandai. Brothers and Bandai Namco, yeah. Yeah, so you're beholden to dates with that kind of stuff. So unfortunately, it's kind of the way the business works and uh, they're going to have to figure that stuff out. The industry as a whole, I mean, are going to have to figure that stuff out together, like as a whole. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's a big topic. We have, I think one of these days we should talk about, you know, the bad side of the industry and all that. But I don't think that's a topic that we talk about something a bit more, uh, a bit more positive. <laughs> a bit more upbeat indeed, yeah. Oh, and not to forget an Xbox news, uh, a couple of devs, this happens all the time though, a couple of leading devs have left uh, Naughty Dog. They left Naughty Dog to join the uh, the collision, I think. No, the initiative. Uh, the initiative, yes. Yeah, this this names. happens all the time. Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, and uh, I'm very excited for whatever the initiative are making. I know everyone made fun of the quadruple A thing, but like, did people not like when it was announced? They had mentioned that there were a quadruple A studio. I don't know why that kind of slipped everyone's. Radar. Most of the people who don't like the word quadruple A are people who are cynical about the triple A industry. So it's like, why do you feel the need to do that? Do you really (laughs) need to show that this is on another level of production values? And you know, I know I know the types of, you know, if I was to classify the types of games, people are calling quadruple A. And, you know, it's mostly, you know, uh, Rockstar games. We know and them. Naughty Dog it's games. the prestige game. Yeah, Naughty Dog, Rockstar games. Yeah, like those kind of games. Those are the guys. The prestige, super elite, super expensive. Yeah. How is this even made kind of game? Your yeah, destinies, you know? So it's like, oh, I, I guess that's what, I, I guess what they're, they're trying to convey is that the initiative's game is going to be of that stature. Yeah. There are also some rumors that maybe we might see it uh, in November when Xbox Series S and X launch. There might be a fan event. So, you know, maybe we might get a teaser for it. And I have no prior connection to Perfect Dark. And Mm -hmm. it's rumored this game will be... be Perfect uh, Dark. I'm I'm very, 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 very sure it's Perfect Dark. Because a lot of the devs and journalists... You know how everyone kind of knew it was Fable? Yeah, yeah. No, yes, it's that's... obviously going to be in the perfect dark universe. That's what we know. It's going to be yeah. Here. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, if it catches my attention. Now I would definitely give it a, a shot. <laughs> I uh, for the people who haven't played Perfect Dark or have no uh, knowledge and or affinity towards it, it was rare. Uh, they it was a follow up to GoldenEye, same genre, yeah. same type of gameplay, almost a clone, but. In this one, uh, Jonah Dark is a spy, and it was very much a single-player story-focused cyberpunk game. <laughs> so it's it, it's that if they make a cool cyberpunk spy game, um, I'm all in because I am just a slut for cyberpunk. So <laughs> so I'm very excited. Yeah. I, it, it'll be cool. I hope we see a bit of a tease 
but you know we only have 50 employees at the moment and and this studio started so the game will be a while out that's for sure yeah definitely definitely a while away so best to, you know yeah give give them some time be patient uh, I think uh, that's it in terms of stuff that's happened this week. You know, we're just getting regular rollouts of news. Uh, Nintendo, maybe they showed. I think they showed a bit more footage of their Age of Calamity game that's coming out later in November. We got a bit more of a look at Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You know, it's it's business as usual, apart mm-hmm. from the big next-gen console news, which. We talk, which we covered. Mm. I I only saw screenshots for Assassin's Creed. I I don't know. I've just kind of lost interest. Uh, um, I was very hyped because I, I was a, a big fan of uh, the director uh, yeah, Ashraf Ismam. Yeah, and then stuff <laughs> happened, and I was just like, I was a huge like all his games so far have been, my, in my opinion, the best Assassin's Creed games. Not my favorites. But the best ones, like Origins, is I think the best Assassin's Creed video game. Uh, Black Flag is a very good video game, you know, just straight up. Like even if you don't care about Assassin's Creed, play Black Flag. It's a very, very good video game. And, and every time Ashraf directed an Assassin's Creed game, it changed stuff. So Black Flag is just a straight up pirate game. Um, Origins just. It's an RPG, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I was hoping for the same shakeup with uh, Valhalla, which it looks like it's it's a it's a Muso game. <laughs> I don't know. We'll That's see. what it looks like to me. Yeah. So we'll see. It, it might pull me in, you know. Um, I'll, I'll wait for the reviews. Yeah, I think in November, waiting for reviews is smart. <laughs> <laughs> so much which is going to be competing for your money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's another thing which, you know, Dennis alluded to this earlier. He wanted to compare our taste in video game music. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> he feels my opinion that The Witcher 3 has the best non-Japanese soundtrack. It's not the best one, the best opinion, but, you know, it's... It, it's it's a it's a really hard thing to compare video game soundtracks. Like I can't look at what he brings and say that like, hey, look, your thing sucks. And mine is <laughs> exactly, it is. That's the thing. It is subjective. But I would like to. I feel like it's a good way to know what you yeah, judge you, as good or not. And then, and I, I feel like video game soundtracks are not. Um, it's not something praised about. enough. Yeah, like, and they're so important, I feel, like, so, so important. It's only when it's, like, front and center, like, Doom, where, like, okay, this is, like, 50% of the reason I like this game. It's it's really, it's a shame that video game soundtracks aren't as appreciated as, as they should be. Because, you know, I guess it's part of the stigma, like, nobody wants to be caught listening to a video game soundtrack. It's like, no, 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 get, get that out of your head, no. There's nothing wrong with it. Video game soundtracks are good. The songs, the music that you get from video games can be very good. And very, you know, very good. it also just depends. It will also be subjective depending on your taste. But when you told me to make a top five, I completely failed. <laughs> I failed to make a top five. Like it's 
uh, the thought of picking five video game soundtracks to say these are my five favorites it was impossible i failed <laughs> so i went for an alternative approach i said okay let me look for the five video game composers who i like okay and that this, was this, the, this man cheating <laughs> that was much easier because i was just like okay i'm going to going to make things easier for me i'm going to say okay five composers and of those composers the games they worked on should not have been in the same franchise okay okay so you know that was the criteria i used for myself because i was like it was pick five i can't do this it's impossible so you know i i put you know these arbitrary conditions on myself you know to make it so that i can just present five soundtracks which i think for our listeners if you want to listen to a video game soundtrack outside of the game these five the easy recommendations for for you to just like just go on youtube and start listening that's the mm-hmm. mindset i approached your challenge <laughs> for starters like off the top you know i just said okay pick five composers off the top of your head for me that's what i did and you know mm-hmm. immediately the first one that came to mind was nobuo uematsu the, the legend immediately <laughs> so nobuo uematsu is famous for composing for final fantasy final fantasy is famous for having fantastic soundtracks very true very so true so off the top if i was to just say go on youtube and listen to a soundtrack from uematsu i just say go look for final fantasy 7 soundtrack 7 you're going to go yeah. with is the soundtrack different between 7 remake and 7 old very different very different okay we might so actually didn't do much work on they like they got him back he doesn't do much work in the got him to do a few songs okay so i just just go listen to final fantasy 7 soundtrack it's you know it, it's legendary <laughs> do to put it like it's got prob- possibly the most iconic video game boss song in its roster so it's like already that that's a lot so like with uh, with Oematsu um i guess since you picked him i also picked obviously and Uematsu soundtrack i picked uh final fantasy 4 um because i feel this was the first snes soundtrack that he had to make and he had now more tools at his disposal because initially yeah, but, it was just 8 bit and yeah, you could tell even the 8 bit era sound chip is so good It is it is. You could tell in the 8-bit era that there was something special about his soundtracks, but when the SNES sound chip now you could really tell like okay, I I'm feeling everything here and this is absolutely amazing. And you know, with FF4 um you know, the overworld theme, the FF4 main theme, the theme when you're in the menu, the theme in the airship, the battle theme which has a sick as baseline amazing yeah. stuff um just really really amazing and nobuo omatsu um in my opinion 
I think, created the best piece of written video game music with Final Fantasy VI's Terra's theme. That theme, man, like when it first hit, you know, like I was like, geez, I think I was 12 years old and I put in Final Fantasy VI after beating four and, you, you know, you hit the menu and Terra's theme comes up and you're like, okay, this, this is, this is going to be an experience. This is going to be, it's like you're getting like into like like a bond theme you know like this is gonna be a proper <laughs> experience like that's one of the first times I, I i felt that playing a video game like i'm ready to experience a story here and i know it's gonna take me through all the different kind of waves of emotion it's just really absolutely brilliant that is a respectable take both of your takes <laughs> one final fantasy 4 i have a bias to that game because my first FF game. So, you know, I I have fond memories of it and its soundtrack. And, you know, as you said, the main theme, the main theme is amazing. And then you're saying Terra's theme is a pick for one of the best songs in any video game. It's also a respectable take. I can, I can respect that because Terra's theme is really good. I can't pick one single video game song to say is my favorite of all time because it, you know, my favorite video game song changes every few months. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that, but it, it, it's a take I can respect because FF6's soundtrack is really good. It's you know if I was to pick another Uematsu uh, soundtrack that wasn't FF7, it would be FF6's, and a lot of that yeah. is due to. Terra's theme, which is, it's really good. <laughs> it's very, very good. <laughs> and, you know, FF games in general, they have, that's, you know, that's why I limited myself to say one composer and one franchise, because I just pick so many Final Fantasy soundtracks because they're so good. So they it's are. like, oh, if I want to give some variety in my picks, I'm going to have to, you know, put these limits on myself so that you know if you go on YouTube and start listening to some of these soundtracks you're listening to the same composer and the same franchise you know it's a bit more variety of what you can sample and that brings me to my second composer is that's uh, Yoko Shimomura and okay. you you hear you'll see a running theme with all the composers <laughs> I list and most of them have one point or another worked on games by Square Enix <laughs> <laughs> but you know at the very least I'm going to keep it to different franchises so when I pick Yoko, Yoko Shimomura has also worked on uh, FF games but she's she also 13 famous. right? yeah 15 oh, it's she I didn't know I yeah. didn't know she was a woman yeah she's a 15 woman 15 no 13 no Shimomura is 15 Hamauzu is 13 okay okay so Shimomura worked on 15 but that's not the one I'm going to list and 
this one it's good, I, I, yeah, it's good. the best part of 15 it's the soundtrack is good but i was going to say oh my favorite shimomura soundtrack is kingdom hearts 2 but okay kingdom hearts is a crossover with final fantasy so i will that is not <laughs> what i will recommend you listen to instead i will recommend you listen to arguably shimomura's most famous work street fighter 2 Wow, I did not know that. So, uh, now for a bit of funny trivia. Uh, you know, when she was starting up in the industry, apparently she faked her interview to get the job to do Street Fighter 2. <laughs> you know, like she she faked, she lied about, you know, her past experience, her credentials and all that. Just so that she could get the job. And the result, as if Street Fighter 2 is... Iconic. It's, it's iconic, exactly. That's yeah. that's the word. It's iconic. If you've been on YouTube long enough, you've heard Guile's theme in the. You've heard Guile's before. theme, yeah, yeah. Street Fighter 2's music is still being remixed to this day in modern games like Street Fighter Five, and that's mm. and it's over twenty years. It's it shows just how how strong those songs were in Street Fighter 2. That you know that people still consider them iconic and they're still being remixed and they're still so well known it's just it's it's a really small soundtrack it's a tw- let's say i'll just go for the super versions it's 17 character themes plus a character select theme a win theme game over you know uh intermission theme and all that stuff but you know at the core of it it's 17 character themes and these are some of the best ever I can only think of maybe two or three, which I don't like. I like all of them. All the character things are just so good. I, I, I didn't know that that was her. I'm surprised to find out that it's her who did that. I, I have to like look up some of her other work. I'm sure she's done a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, she, she's my personal favorite video game composer. Like, I know that the greatest of all time is Uematsu, but like my personal favorite is Shimon. I, I love uh, you know, Street Fighter 2, Kingdom Hearts, FF15. These are just games which soundtracks which I just like a lot. Yeah, yeah. So no, yeah. yeah. If it my second pick for somebody to sample would be Street Fighter 2. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, for me, I since I'm I'm not going with composers, I'm going with games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2 because in my head those are kind of the same uh, and the composer was Masato Nakamura my goodness Sonic man like yeah Sonic, Sonic is, 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 is a is a is a tour de force like Sonic has a fandom within game within media you know like that it's like it's like Minecraft. I feel like it is the first Minecraft kind of game in terms of like uh, fandom. <laughs> uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like 
it's just it's so big and separate unto itself that if you look at it from the outside you kind of don't understand why it's so big people who get into sonic absolutely get into sonic like yeah <laughs> um yeah. it's it's and one of the biggest reasons for that is its soundtrack dude from the menu from the first time i heard the menu music you know uh, you know from the sega and then the menu music hits you're like okay this is good stuff and the the sega genesis chipset was the best of its generation uh, I some of its music i, I, I think the snes was oh. better <laughs> uh, absolutely not possible absolutely not possible dude i feel like the music made in that era was almost better than the ps1 music you know like it was really really amazing um there's a lot of iconic music in the sonic the first and second sonic you know like green hill zone labyrinth zone green hill zone uh, iconic yeah yeah like it's and it's good stuff you know it's really it's really really good stuff the music especially in sonic 2 had a bit of a a vibe to it even as a kid i remember thinking this kind of sounds like michael jackson music and uh he actually did work on uh some sonic like he collaborated with sonic 3 he collaborated yeah sonic 3 yeah he collaborated cuz sonic 2 really did feel very much like my like some tracks really felt like michael jackson music and <laughs> And, and and like that's how good it was you know that even i'm sure even michael jackson was like this is this is good stuff i have to work in this franchise <laughs> and people forget how like sonic was huge sonic was he was competing arguably, with nintendo yeah he was arguably gaming's mascot for a few years there like when people think of video games they think of sonic that's how big sonic was so and the music was definitely a big part of that people still listen and remix the original soundtrack to this day um and and that's and the reason is because it was just that good um uh, i i'll be shocked if, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never heard sonic music i'll be very very shocked <laughs> yes. i think even if you don't game you've probably heard sonic music before you've heard green hill zone at least yeah yeah for sure for sure it's, it's, so yeah so that's my pick yeah it, 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 i'll say again that That's another good thing. I I like Sonic music. Like most people say that even those Sonic games can be controversial, you know, in terms of quality. One thing you're mm-hmm. guaranteed is that in general Sonic music will be pretty good. Yeah. And and speaking of games, sure, I'm a fanboy whatever and I'm susceptible to the Sonic cycle. But for the first time in a long time, we got a really really good arguable game of the year type Sonic game in Sonic Mania. 2017 and yeah yeah and i'm very glad that people got to play it and enjoy that and also um sonic generations i feel like people were so burned out with bad sonic releases they didn't really try out generations uh i'm glad that the fandom really told people like go try generations again go try it again and if you really liked sonic 2d or 3d i feel like this is the best hybrid 2d 3d sonic game released play sonic generations you will not be disappointed Yeah. I I I really like Sonic Mania and I think its soundtrack even though a lot of it is reusing old tracks there's a lot of new remixes in Sonic Mania uh for older songs and maybe one or two new zones and those are some of my favorite of any Sonic game I've played like Press Garden Zone from Sonic Mania in particular it's like yep. mm-hmm. it, it's so good 
it's really good and <laughs> I you know I recommend that even if you don't want to play all the go back to the old Sonic games Sonic Mania is a must play this day and age in yeah. my opinion it is it is it's it's and one of the games that's like uh, at the some of our like like one of the previous um events we had we had sonic mania just ready for people to play and people like oh sonic and they're like oh this isn't like the old one it's it's different and then they played and they just couldn't stop playing it it's that good like it's such a pick up and play game yeah it's so fun and, and it, it's so good it really keeps the vibe of classic sonic and the music being so good is part of that part of why it it's is. able to do that Mm-hmm. Okay. For my third pick, the composer I went for was Keiichi Okabe. Uh, he owns What's the name I know. <laughs> he owns a sound studio known as Monaka. If you don't want to if you just want to do a quick google, you can google Monaka Studio. He's done a lot of works over the years. Uh, his most I think if you were to say his most popular the most popular franchise he's worked on be Tekken particularly mm-hmm. Tekken 3 he did the soundtrack for Tekken 3 and you know not so many people have played Tekken 3 yeah but yeah. the game I, which, I call it a, a culturally Zambian game I call Tekken <laughs> yeah so many people have played Tekken 3 he does less work on it these days he just did for Tekken 7 for example he only did I think maybe one or two songs but soundtrack which I consider his best is from a game that I haven't even played. It's a game which soundtrack I heard separately outside of the game. Like I just said, okay, I'm going to listen to this on its own. And I think it the the soundtrack might be the best, you know. I think if I could single out one video game soundtrack which is possibly the best one, it's of this game and that's near. Yeah, okay. <laughs> not automata, like a played Oh, just auto- near near. Not automata. He also did the they also did the soundtrack for automata. But uh-huh. I, and I've played automata. I've not played the first near. I have listened to its soundtrack. I plan on playing the remaster in April. But just listening to it on its own, I think near one. I think that's absolute one of the best video game soundtracks ever. Maybe the best ever. Wow, over the automata. I I see I I I played a bit of automata. Didn't stick with me, but the music yeah. did stick with me. Music is very good in automata. Yeah, so if very, you very like good. automata so soundtrack, if it's better yeah, than why, automata. Even damn. without me playing the game, just listening to that soundtrack on the song, that soundtrack is ridiculous. I'm going to explain why I think it's better than automata and that's the number of songs. Uh automata mm-hmm. has got more volume. Near one is much shorter. It's only a uh, I believe 40 tracks in the soundtrack. Which you know, that sounds like it's a lot, but for video game for large scale video games it's not much. It's you know, it's not average size. That works to its advantage. It is like all 
all killer, no filler. That's the word to put it. Of the 40 tracks, you know, you can listen to any album when there's few albums, whether in video games or outside video games, where you're going to like everything. But I think the number of songs which I like in the Mia soundtrack, it's just so, so many. They're almost, they're all so good. Interesting. Um, I, I would like to try it. I know the game is so weird, though. <laughs> yeah. But I'll definitely listen to it. Soundtrack, you know, uh, the Nier games, they have vocals in the soundtrack. Uh, that's kind of something unique with, compared to all the soundtracks we've listed so far. Nier games have got vocals in what feels like a made-up in-between language of Latin and Spanish and French, but it is very pleasing to the ear. Great to listen to. <laughs> in particular, nah. you know, th- there's three songs which most people say these are the most iconic songs in here. Song of the Ancients, yes, Song of the Ancients. The second song is Emil, and the third one is Kaina. These three, you know, just listen to these three, and then you listen to the rest of the soundtrack, and you see that okay, wow, this is this is amazing. Nah, for sure. I'll, I'll definitely listen to it because I did like the Nier Automata soundtrack, so yeah, we'll definitely it, it, give it a listen. It sucks for me to not have, for, to not put Automata here because, you know, it's like, I really like that soundtrack, but you Nier know, 1 soundtrack is just, it's better. It, it's just, it just feels like a much better pick. Okay, so notice how we haven't picked a Ninja for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not yet. I I will start with the Nan. Japanese uh, game. Ah, uh, wait, no, I still have one more Japanese one. Uh, and then I'll and then I'll go non Japanese. So, my next uh, uh, soundtrack that I I think is just absolutely amazing is Streets of Rage uh, or Bare Knuckle if you had the Japanese uh, version okay. with uh, Yuzo Koshiro as the composer. So. The Streets of Rage soundtrack was so influential and iconic that people call it like the the originator of like chiptune as the genre, you know, like the Streets of Rage music used to play in clubs because there were bangers like that, you know, like uh, I'm sure you've heard the boss theme. Yeah, terminally online like me, you've probably heard you used in memes before. Um, <laughs> it's it's just it's a really good. It's 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 like um, techno slash electronic house music, is what it is really. It's 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 at the time I guess it wasn't a genre, but now it, if you hear it, you'd be like, oh, this I've, I've heard this before. Like it's very much kind of. Um, "Quote unquote," invented a genre. It was just really, really good music, um, and and it wasn't just the upbeat stuff, which was good. The the um, the theme when starting up the the game, you know, like the when when the the flavor text is coming up and it's telling you what the game's about. That's also super iconic. Um, the character select, just you know, grooving. 
yeah. uh, late 80s, early 90s music, you know, <laughs> just real groovy 80s slash 90s stuff. Just really good, good vibes, man. Just very, very good music. That's... Obviously, I'm very much biased because I spent a lot of time playing that in my uh, preteen years with my friends, you know, and my brother. But it was just really, really, really iconic, awesome, awesome stuff. I, I feel like it really um, made... It, it put video game music on another level, I feel. You know, that's a pick that doesn't come to mind as much for me. Because even though I played Streets of Rage as a kid, I, played, I did play all three games. But like, I don't know. The music, it never did stick out to me the same way that Sonic's music did, which I played at probably the same time. And it wasn't mm. until I played Streets of Rage 4 this year. Yeah. And then I heard the music and I was like, hey, this is really good. Yep. The Streets of Rage, few, Streets of Rage 4 music is very, very good. <laughs> it's very, very good. That, hey, I'm guessing this was made to mimic the Streets of Rage, you know, the Sega game soundtracks. So it's like, oh, this has got... Uh, you know, a lot of them are remixes and whatever. It's like, hey, this has got a really nice vibe to it. It's got a really... The songs are really good. And it was kind of surprising. Like, hey, why did I never consider Streets of Rage to have good music? It's surprising that it passed me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's, it's, it's absolutely awesome stuff. Yeah. And uh, I'm v- I was very glad when Streets of Rage 4 was announced. I was scared that they would mess it up. But I've played it. Um, uh, I pl- played it on the bridge uh, for the host uh, segment. Yeah. Just absolutely wonderful time. Just really good pick up and play kind of game. Couch co-op for players. Amazing stuff. I uh, highly, highly, highly recommend um, playing that game. Highly. Uh, and it's on Game Pass. Oh, it, oh it's on Game Pass. Okay. That's, so if, that's you don't, good. If, if you don't want to buy it, you can play it on Game Pass. Uh, I'm starting to see a recurring theme. So, of the three soundtracks I've mentioned, they're mm-hmm. all Square Enix games. <laughs> of uh-huh. the three you've mentioned, one is Square Enix and two are Sega. <laughs> and yep. my fourth game is once again, it's not Square Enix, but this time it's Sega. So it's like, wow, <laughs> we're, we're, we're moving back and forth in, within the same companies. It kind of shows you know <laughs> which companies you expect to make really good soundtracks. Really and, good soundtracks, yeah. You know, when those Sega, it's a Sega Atlas. You know, Atlas owns Sega. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. it's the composer is Shoji Meguro, known for his work yeah. on Shin Megami Tensei, and <laughs> the soundtrack. What did you see? Which one you pick? <laughs> I, I'm picking. I'm going for the safe pick. At which is Royal. All along, confessing while I'm all alone, without the clue, without a sign, without grasping it. The real question to be asked: Where have I been? That's the same. Oh, come on! Four is the real answer here. No, four no. is the real answer here, dude. Come <laughs> on. Four is the real answer here. No, nope. <laughs> I I refuse. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm going for the for the safe pick. This, this is how I'd see it. 
in my view, if I was to pick vanilla games alone, like, like not in, you know, Persona games always get expanded. They always get like an expanded release. If I was picking vanilla games alone, I would probably pick Persona 3, honestly speaking. But because of Royal, Royal has got an additional 30 songs. And those songs are really good. Those, those are really, really good. Some of the best I've heard from the Persona franchise. So it's my, and you know, since only 30 songs, I feel like, you know, it's easy for people to listen to, you know, compared to the Vanilla Persona 5, which is over a hundred songs. But then Roy is just 30 new songs and it's really condensed, really good. So that's why, I, that's why it's the recommendation I give here. Not even Persona 5, no more, just Royal alone. Just for those new songs on their own. They, you know, very well themed. Uh, Royal in general has got like a more bittersweet vibe compared to the original game. So, you know, the music likewise is a bit, you know, more somber compared to the normal game. And it, it, it's, it's a really nice approach. I really like Royal's soundtrack. I think the songs, the best songs in Royal are better than the best songs in the vanilla game or from any of the other, you know, Persona 3, 4, 3Portable, 4Golden and all that stuff. I think that, that, that's how highly I rate Royal's soundtrack. And, you know, if I wanted to recommend more niche stuff from Shoji Meguru, you know, to show that he has variety, I'd say go play something like, go listen to something like Strange Journey because, like, one of the things about Meguru is, like, his Persona soundtracks fit what Persona goes for. But if you listen to stuff from the SMT games, it's like, and this is, it's a completely different vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's different. It kind of feels gothic-y, horror-y. Gothic-y, horror-y, more orchestral type songs. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's got a lot of variety. That's what I can say about it, for sure. You know, he's one of the greats, absolutely, for sure. Yeah. For me, man, the Persona 4 soundtrack is just absolutely, like, if someone came to me and told me, hey, the Persona 4 soundtrack is the best soundtrack in gaming, I'd be like, yeah, 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 I can't argue with that. Like, that's how good I think that soundtrack is. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's really good. I like Persona 4's music a lot. I think it's, uh, I think it's battle theme is probably my favorite. Re- Not time to make history. Reach out for the truth. Probably my favorite mm-hmm. game, even though Persona 4 is my least favorite of the modern Persona games. You know, I I still like it a lot. It's still a really good. Game. <laughs> Your least favorite? Wow, I I feel like it's. Hmm, I was gonna say it's the most popular, but that's not true. Now a lot of people like Five. Yeah, the, the, you know, when I say least favorite, I mean it's just like picking between your three sons. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I think next to Dark Souls, Persona probably has like. Or the modern Persona trilogy probably has like the most high quality bar, like the minimum quality is the highest for, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, that no, they... also applies to the soundtracks. It's really good soundtracks all around. Very, very cool stuff. That was your what pick? 
Fourth. Fourth? Yeah. <laughs> and this started as a non-Japanese composers thing. <laughs> yeah, like, like, look, there's there's a big issue with uh, there's a big difference between Western and Japanese soundtracks. You, it's kind of hard to listen to a Western soundtrack outside of the game, and you know, it's a con- it's a semi-controversial opinion. But if I can't listen to your soundtrack outside of the game, I don't think it's a good soundtrack. Fair, fair. You know? That's a that's a fair take. I feel like uh, Western video game soundtracks try to mimic movies. Uh, movies too much. They don't really leverage the fact that you're going to be in that space for hours. And yeah, they they end up not being memorable and or and or as iconic. They're, they're, they're memorable and iconic, but not as memorable or as yeah. iconic. As a lot of them are like ambient, ones. more ambient sounding soundtracks. Mm-hmm. And you know, there there are exceptions, of course, but like uh, mm-hmm, there are. But you know, that's just a general observation to compare them. And that's why you know, for someone like me who plays so many games. And who considers, who actually considers soundtrack as a key component of a game? That's why you know I look at it. It's like wow, my list is just all Japanese soundtracks, and that's why you know, like I said, something like The Witcher Three really sound stands out because its music is is kind of edging towards the Japanese style. It's really memorable tunes. In the Witcher. It is. It is memorable shoes. I, I, I won't disagree with that. It is very memorable. Yeah. But I, I have my first non-Japanese um, soundtrack here. Yeah. Although it's not original songs, but I feel there's still a skill involved in I compiling. Know this is. I know again. This is. <laughs> compiling music to fit your aesthetic. Yeah. And it is very much an aesthetic game. Yeah, I know uh, what game this is. <laughs> Arguably, some people say the best video game soundtrack ever made. Can't argue if someone comes to me and says that. I will. So good, yeah. it even so good, it even featured in The Last of Us Part Two, Hotline Miami. <laughs> Absolutely banger after banger. Okay, I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> what were you thinking it was? I was thinking you were going to pick Death Stranding. Oh, no, it's uh, definitely Hotline Miami. Okay, just now, now I'm willing to listen. Smashing okay. soundtrack. Just very heavy on the aesthetics, very violent game, trying to get your blood pumping, but doesn't go for the obvious you know like hard rock metal stuff it goes for um you know like electronic dance music and you're like how can electronic dance music work in a super violent 16-bit game and hotline miami just gets a bunch it just gets a bunch of moon track uh moon songs an artist called moon Mm. and compiles them in the levels that just absolutely works so 
well. Like the thing that I, if you go to Steam and you click on great soundtracks, it's like Hotline Miami, Hotline Miami to Sonic and all the games that we've mentioned, because it is just so, so good. Um, anyone who's played that game will tell you like, you know, cause you die often, you know, it's, um, uh, it's not a roguelike, it's a, geez, what genre of game is this? I guess it's kind of a roguelike because you, you play it and you, you're going to keep dying. You know, it's like Super Meat Boy. You're going to start yeah. a level and you're going to die at least a hundred times. <laughs> at least a hundred times. Yeah. So you have to, it has to give you the um, encouragement to keep playing. And it also, has, while doing that, it still has to give you that feeling of, you know, being powerful and like, you know, wanting to keep going. And the soundtrack, I feel, does a really good job. Uh, of exactly. keeping you as a player going yeah so it's absolutely amazing just listen to any 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 of the songs on the hotline miami one soundtrack and you you will have a great 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 time have you played hotline miami i haven't strangely enough you should. i feel like you i should have you you should have if you don't mind like the the violent stuff i know two got some flack because it was like super violent and had some you know uh it had like a rape scene and stuff which you could turn off if you didn't want yeah it was yeah they really lead into the whole (laughs) violent stuff too much but you could turn it off um after a patch and stuff like that um but like it's it's a it's a really good video game it's very 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 good especially the soundtrack on my vita yes a good vita game a very good pick up and play game i wonder if it can work on like mobile phones it should be able to work they should do that that's a it's an interesting and of all of your picks so far it's the only one which i actually haven't played so that's you know that's something for me to actually go and do a bit of researching cool 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 i'll be, I'll be waiting to hear what you think maybe yeah. not even about the game just about the soundtrack itself yeah. <laughs> and my last pick is Yet again, we're back to Square Enix. I really didn't want to just put so many Square <laughs> Enix games or Squaresoft and games, yet. but it's like, I, I just have no choice. <laughs> you know, even if I limit them to, no, it can't be the same franchise. It just, I just can't, there's just so much quality there. This time it's uh, Yasunori Mitsuda. Mm-hmm. And the soundtrack is Chrono Trigger. The game itself is considered a love child of Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. The creators of Chrono Trigger all went on to do great things after they made it. Dream Almost. Team. The, the thing is, dream they're, team. They're, they're retro, retroactive dream. For a lot of them, that was their first big project. And then they went on to just become great after that. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like uh, you can trace a lot of great JRPG franchises to 
and their creators. Chrono Trigger. Yeah, you can track them to Chrono Trigger. And for many, it's still the best JRPG of all time. Uh, for me, it's definitely up there, maybe top five. Mm-hmm. And the soundtrack is a large part of that. It shares a lot thematically with Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of the music, there's a similar vibe with what you're getting with the music there as well, in terms of very strong main themes for the characters, for the villains, for the areas, and lots of recurring, late, you know, they call them late motifs, you know, it's part mm-hmm. of the song which you hear over and over. That is mm-hmm. very prevalent in Chrono Trigger. If you hear it and then you hear FF7, you hear a lot of similarities between the two. And you'll see why why lots of people like these sort like those soundtracks it's, it's really good i think like just one song alone you can just listen to is just the main theme i think yep. that's <laughs> it, 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 it's one of the best main themes of its era it's really good yep iconic <laughs> it's, you know we've used that word a lot but you know when you're talking about <laughs> best soundtracks or best video game soundtracks of all time you're going to use that word a lot. <laughs> you really will. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, that rounds off my five picks. So FF, you know, this isn't in order, but, you know, it's just, oh, I pick a composer, I pick a franchise, I pick I pick a game. Just going down like that. So FF7, Nier, uh, yeah, FF7, Nier, Street Fighter 2, Persona 5 Royal, and Chrono Trigger. I think I am, if you just want to listen to five video game soundtracks, on their own that that those would be like five picks you just say, just go listen to these and come back to me and then tell me that video game soundtracks are not good <laughs> no they're good my my final pick uh i will just evangelize from from my deathbed i will continue to say it is just jeez oh, um I'll say it's, it's like 60-70 part of the reason why this game's narrative and gameplay experience was good. And that's uh, Darren Korb's Bastion. Super Giant Games. Um, okay. All the Super Giant Games soundtracks are good. All of them. I, I, this was my hardest pick because I was like, am I gonna pick Pyre? Am I gonna pick Transistor? Am I gonna pick Bastion? Like, because the Transistor soundtrack is so good as well. But I feel like the one that has more iconic music is Bastion. And right. um. Man, like the way it works with the with the narration and the the, the dynamic music, because it changes based on what you're doing, kind of, yeah, just like really works well with with um, the the 
gameplay style and the narrative that they were going for. You know, even some of the lyrics that they put into um, uh, the main themes. Because I think the game has like a couple main themes and ending themes and stuff. They're, it's just really emotional, really touching stuff. And uh, if you were to pick one super giant game to play, I would say play Bastion. It's it's the game that got me into indie games, uh, and uh, I'm hearing that uh, their latest game Hades is like a combination of all their best stuff, like all the lessons they learned, just put into one game uh, to just make a masterpiece. So absolutely, do try listen to the Bastion soundtrack if you can play the game. I, I, I remember it was on the Chrome browser. You could play like a few levels on the Chrome browser of Bastion. I don't know if that's still available, but yeah, you can absolutely do that. So yeah, give give Bastion a try. That's, that's pretty interesting. You know, I don't have much experience with Supergiant games, as you know. So in mm-hmm. hearing that their games are like good soundtrack is encouraging. Yeah, you you absolutely should try any one of them. Like any one of them, you just look up the genres because the, the genres are kind of weird and different. So look up a genre that you um, you prefer and 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 play that one. Yeah, because they they do try to be as different as possible. Yeah. 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 So you haven't picked a western one. I would like to hear just quick fire your western um, uh, soundtracks. As I said, The Witcher 3, boom, off the top uh, of my head. Yeah, Witcher uh, 3 is very good. I'm not gonna... Yeah. yeah. Mm, I like... I, I don't know if you saw the... I don't yeah. know if you saw the, the no-clip uh, documentary uh, on Witcher. No, I don't. I, I generally don't watch behind the scenes. What? That's like my favorite part of gaming stuff, like behind the scenes stuff. Oh, no. you need to see it. Did you not see the God of War behind the scenes documentary? I've heard a lot of good things, but I prefer to read oh, behind my. the scenes, not watch them. Oh, you need to, you need to watch that. You need to you need to you need to watch the at least the God of War one. It it really changed my perception of Shuhei Yoshida for one thing. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, like I, I look at Yeah, go ahead. Like I initially like you know, like he's very like vocal on Twitter and, and talks to mm-hmm. everyone and stuff like that. Um <laughs> but after watching that, the, the boss in him really came out, like it really jumped out. He's <laughs> notoriously like, harsh. Notoriously yes. harsh, yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. sure you've heard the stories of what he said about Demon Souls when he first came out. He said this game yes. is unbelievably bad. And then it turns <laughs> out, oh, when he's reintroducing the remake, he says it's a game that is near and dear to me. And it's like, okay, you're referencing <laughs> that time when you said that this game was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I really think you should see the the um, making of Witcher, the document, the no clip documentary thing for The Witcher Three because they talk about how the music was made and how they used um, Slavic cultural songs. You know, like the main battle yeah. theme. Yes, yes. That's yes. actually that's actually like a, a real song. Yeah, I've heard it's that. It's a real song, but it's a wedding song. Yes, correct. Yes, my brother told so, me that, that bit. <laughs> yeah, so it's like it's 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 weird like that. But I I 
I like how, let's say, if we, I don't know, imagine if we made a Zambian game and then we made, we remixed Kankuru Vale, Kankuru Vale to like a, <laughs> a, a, a battle theme, you know, so people who are, you know, foreigners listening to that would be like, this is probably like some epic battle, I don't know what they're saying, but we know like it's just some, some kid's song yeah. about playing, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. As I said, I like my anecdotes about video game creations to be readable or in articles, you know, because when it comes to watching and listening to stuff, uh, I prefer more insight. That's what I like to watch and listen to, maybe like insight and inner workings of the industry, not the creation of the games, but like the the, ba- the bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I know what you mean. I'm just super interested in everything industry related. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. It's 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 super my bag. So you'd say which are three? What else? What else would you pick? Like off the top of my head, which are three? Mm-hmm. Cuphead. Cuphead yes. is it's, it goes for a very specific style and it nails uh-huh. it. And uh-huh. the third one I want to name is that I don't know if this is Western or Japanese. That's Undertale. <laughs> like I don't know where is Toby Fox from. You know, I don't know. Is he um, interesting? I, I think he's American. I don't know actually, but I think I think he's Western. I don't think he's Japanese. Yeah, but like he makes his games in Japanese sometimes. Oh, he does. I didn't know that. I actually and, didn't okay, know that. He, he's American. I know he's American, but like it, it, it's weird. But yes, if I was to name another, if I was to name just three, The Witcher Three, Cuphead. And Undertale. And Undertale gives The Witcher 3 a lot of competition for best uh, for best non-Japanese soundtrack. Because, man, Undertale's music is really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very good. Um, yeah, Undertale, I, I recommend that a lot to a lot of people because it's, it's, it's one of the best games. <laughs> Absolutely it's, it's, one of the best games. It, it's a, it, Undertale is very good. It's, you know, there's a lot of things I don't like about Undertale, but there's so many things which I like, which, which make me conflicted about it. But like, I can always say this is, this, it's brilliant. It's an excellent game. It is very much so. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, off the top of my head, it'd just be those three for Western games. Cool, cool, cool. For me, uh, if I was to add some extra Western games, I would say um, Journey. Journey was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it got nominated for an Grammy. Yeah, I think. The, the thing is, the guys who nominate for awards don't like what we, what I like in video game music. So you know, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Like, they like the ambient stuff, the more stuff which yes. fits in. So they'll like games like, uh, you know, like Journey. Like Journey, yeah. That said, like, the Wild Journey is very um normal ish right like a movie um it's still very good like you listen to it and you're like this is good stuff i i I really like journey yeah Um, like you know it's it's not that i hate uh westerns you know soundtracks which go for that other style for example some like the last of us mm -hmm, i can't mm -hmm. say the soundtrack is bad in the last of us i just you know i can just just not your preference yeah, like like when I'm in the game and listening to it, I'm like, okay, this is actually pretty good. But it's just, you know, it's just not something which I say, okay, this is amazing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Absolutely. So, sense. You know, some like Journey, it's similar. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, so I like Journey. I like uh, Halo. 
I think the Halo Ooh, One soundtrack okay, yeah. is that, amazing. That, that, that's a that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Very yeah. good pick. Hey. I love the Halo main theme. I like just yes. randomly hum it whenever I want. <laughs> when you're in the zone and you're about to get into the thing is the, the, the main theme. That like that's kind the, of the, the best part is always, you know, the car chase. The the yes. yeah, at the end. And then the Halo yes. theme is like this is this is this is what this is what gaming is. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, Halo is just it's it's really good. Um, let's say Halo and Assassin's Creed Two. Um, what's the name of the Assassin's Creed composer? He's yes, he is amazing. Uh, <laughs> the Assassin's Creed Two soundtrack also iconic. Um, the Ezio's theme yeah. is one of the Ezio's you know, theme. It's iconic. Yeah, yeah. everybody yes. knows it. It's been retroactively yes. put made the Assassin's Creed. Yes, <laughs> because man, he was in his bag when doing Assassin's Creed 2, man. <laughs> he was absolutely in his bag. You really, really feel the, you're transported, you know, you're transported to that time and place. And it's, it's just, man, it's, uh, it, it's really well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I kind of agree, like, you know. You said Jesper Kid. That that you know, he's he's a legend. He's a legend. Mm-hmm. I think in terms mm-hmm. of Western composers, the people who I put in that same bracket as Jesper Kid. The only other guy I put is David Wise, and he composed. You know, he's compo- composed for a Japanese game, but is one of the best Western composers, and that's for Donkey Kong games. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. So like Jesper Kid is in like that category in terms of Western composers. Like, I I agree with you on that regard. And I hope that we get more appreciation for video game soundtracks because I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we we, we have that, to be honest. So it's, it's good that, um, that uh, there's more appreciation, I feel, uh, for soundtracks. Yeah, and you know, on that, on that end, I'd like to hear from our listeners. You know, maybe drop a comment wherever, on my Twitter or on Facebook or whatever. If you, whenever you're done listening, wherever you click the link from, with what you know, what soundtracks you like, or what mm-hmm. are some which you can remember. I'd like, I'd like to get more opinions on that. I'd like to see what a lot of people like in terms of video game soundtracks. Yeah, me too. Super curious what uh, people like. There could be stuff that we missed, stuff that we didn't uh, <laughs> uh, consider. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely ready to, to find out <laughs> what, what, what your picks are for sure. <laughs> yeah. And on that... On that note, I think that's enough for today's episode. We've, mm-hmm. you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about soundtracks, and I think that's important <laughs> for me. <Yes>. Like, <laughs> I, my favorite games all need to have a good soundtrack, and I'd like, you know, I'd really like to hear you guys' opinions on what, uh, you know, on what you look for in a game soundtrack and what soundtracks you like the most. Indeed, indeed, same, same here. 
All right, yeah. On that note, I guess. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So thanks for listening, and uh, I guess you catch us in the next one.